Oh, I have a question for you. This was a, this was a the big, nose. this was a big debate on. I it was just broken. Twitter a few days ago, um, uh, a joke or an assumption or an idea that Peter Parker is Jewish. Some people find this very offensive. Why? Because people were saying like circumcised in the suit. He's <laughs> Jewish coded without being Jewish, and the idea that someone who's kind of geeky and shy and nebbish is inherently Jewish is a offensive oh, stereotype. Just because he's in New York? Because he's like a kind of wimpy, geeky guy. That means he's Jewish because all Jewish people are like this. They're saying from that perspective, yeah, he's a superhero, but the perception of Peter Parker among his peers is not a positive one. And so to say that this applies to all Jewish men is not a flattering image. What do you think about this? I don't think Peter Parker is the role model for all anything. Do you think Peter Parker is Jewish? I don't know. I think he actually supposedly was, according to the writers. Really? Yeah. Well, all the well, I mean, Stan, well, the no, writers no, no, no. were Jewish. He's but from Queens. Yeah, this is the he's, argument. I'm pretty sure he was. No, I'm actually. I think in the comics they talk about it. Part of their Jewish name. No, I think it's a retcon. Basically, I think they did it in like uh, maybe in like 2002. 2002. <laughs> yeah, I think exactly. I think they retconned. So, it. Does, does he swing on Saturday? Good question. But there's an A roof in New York, so you're allowed to swing in an A roof. Oh, yeah. Hmm. In Manhattan. Is that the string? Yeah. Yeah. We got one of those down in Pico. What do you What do you think about that? <laughs> Sean's could be Jewish. We're just going. What do you think about that notion, though, of being coded as a certain ethnicity? I think it's it's a good. I mean, it, it is a thing. It's mm-hmm. a good thing. To, no, it, <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> I was going to say it's a yeah, it's a correct notion. I don't know if it applies specifically to Peter Parker. Mm. Um, well, this to me sort of, I think of the more negative aspects of the cultural appropriation element of it. Wait, is that why Donald Glover couldn't play him? I don't know enough about Peter Parker. I feel like he's just, he just likes science. Is that, is he really like nebbish? Just a white dude. Yeah. yeah he's just a young kid. He's just 17. Well, I know, the I know early iterations of him. Like, yeah, don't don't Again, this is why I hate the new, the Tom Holland stuff, because he's too attractive and likable and he's got like a very positive social life. Mm-hmm. I will say there is, there is a, a little bit of an anti-Semitic perception that everyone from New York is Jewish. So maybe definitely buys into that. Oh, he's from New Queens. York lawyer. Yeah, sure. Sure. New York values. Yes. This is why I'm saying that there. I see both sides to this, where yeah, some I people can, are like, "I can see it." Yeah, he's one of us. He's a Jewish superhero, and other people being like, "Ah, eh, this isn't necessarily." I don't know if it would jump out at me. I thought Superman yeah. was the Jewish superhero. They're both Jewish. Mm. Well, they both have Jewish creators. But I thought like Superman, Superman is was... supposedly kind of yeah. Again, this is a fucking J.K. Rowling horseshit. Yeah, yeah, totally. Where it's like, if you want your character to be gay or Jewish yeah, or whatever, just, you got to write them that way. Listen, back then it wasn't yeah, really easy in the 30s. That's a, that's a lot <laughs> more forgivable a Jewish than hero? J.K. Rowling. Oh, I agree. Right. Definitely. Yeah, yeah exactly. J.K. Was, Rowling had- There was no way you were going to put they a, write gay them ex- super, or a gay superhero, a uh, Jewish superhero in the Saturday morning hey, when comics I, in yeah. the When 40s. I was a kid, we had the Hebrew hammer, okay? So things <laughs> things Still different in the 40s, man. Yeah. Um, wait. Superman is like 30s, right? I think something like that. Yeah. Uh, but also, uh, fucking Rise of Skywalker, the lesbian kiss. Yeah. Oh, you mean? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I mean the one frame of it. <laughs> two seconds in the background of two characters that no one with a gun to their head could name. But there have always been gay characters in Star Wars. Plinkett walked us through all of them. Has he? 
Yeah. Who were oh. the gay characters in Star Wars? But again, well, it's not explicit at all. Well, I mean, at the very least, fucking uh, C-3PO and R2-D2. Oh, well, again, this is gay wait, coded. they can't have sex. Now, this they is true. Well, this is depending on your th- thinking droids? of AI. Are like, droids? Can- C-3PO okay. has always been. Fucking, did you see Solo? Lando is all about fucking them droids. <laughs> uh, C-3PO has Change always been coded as the gay butler. Yeah. Yeah. Which right. I think. Can be very funny and can be sort of uncomfortable to watch. At yeah, times. in fact, uh, yeah, that, oh no, I, I think that's very nebbish and insulting. I agree. I but, say, yeah, Plinkett actually does a gag where he, they, like he goes through the first like I think it's just the first movie and he points out like twenty characters that are pretty fucking gay. Let me like, ask you a question, Joey. That I think I know the answer to. It's just your opinion. The answer is Porkins. Uh, is one of them. Is Watto anti-Semitic? Uh, it's just your opinion. I'm just curious. It's maybe unintentionally. Really? I don't know if I. It's, Do you think it's possible to be. Is Jar, act, is Jar Jar his, racist? Yeah, I think a little if bit. If Jar Jar is racist, then Guado is definitely Again, racist. Again, I, now, I, I, don't know poss- how much, I don't know how much yeah. intention was put into it. So I, I, I can't speak to that, but. You can be I, you can be racist or anti-Semitic. Yes, Jar Jar feels like a minstrel show. Yes, so I, I agree. I, As a fan of those movies, it's definitely racist. I can totally see it. I'm just not convinced in that. Like when we're trying to create a world with a bunch of characters, we need to draw different voices from different. Now this places, is people. Yeah, the Viceroy. Like, this doesn't. Yeah, this I doesn't mean, this defend is, it, but all that stuff goes back to Lucas's love of 50s sci-fi. True, where. Alien races were very clearly coded as ethnicities. Yeah, yeah. Right, and that's right, what right. he's. I mean, Jabba is where he's coming Spanish, from. Like, yeah. Uh, again, which doesn't make it better, but at least that's where he's. He's not coming from a place of malice, but he is coming from a place of sheltered. Yeah. Whiteness. Yeah, it's just the other. Where, it's yeah, yeah. it's exotic. It's yeah. otherness. Yeah, it's yeah. otherizing. Yeah, which is not it's still not cool, but it's no. But I will say, even more than Jar Jar, I feel like Watto is. Kind of a fully developed character. Like what? He's, he is. I mean, maybe in the later ones when he comes back, he, I like that he comes back with like a beard and a hat. The scene, it's like he's so, been in retirement. Someone was talking about this on Twitter. It's a very odd scene that would never get past a Disney board meeting. But the scene where Anakin goes back in Attack of the Clones and meets him, and it's like this melancholy moment yeah. of the former slave master who's like, oh, I miss you, my former slave. And it feels genuine, but at the same time, so fucked up. Where you're just like, what is this relationship? But it also, again, feels logical in a sense. Actually, to be honest, that's fucking deep. Like, yeah. that's pretty crazy for like, because I, th- I was reading recently about stories like that in the Civil War. Where yes, you know, where, totally. And, and it is, and I feel like uncomfortable because yeah. like the former slave master, you know, befriends his slave and like, you know, gives him a little bit of a money once in a while. It's a we, it's just and quite talks, an uncomfortable relationship. He's like, where's my mom? He's like, oh, someone uh, bought her and she went off and got married. Good for her. Yeah. That's all I know about her. Like, he doesn't care. He's just like, I'm a guy. I, I need a job done. I can afford a slave. You do the job. It's not, he doesn't, as far as slave masters go, he there, doesn't mistreat them. He's well, there um, also, they're still slaves. He's Benedict Cumberbatch from 12 Years a Slave. Totally. If you've seen that movie. So I feel well, like. Well, I would, I would argue that the model of slavery they're using is not the American model of slavery. No. So it's, but they are not free to come and go. They, but, they but, do what Watto says and Watto tells them to. More so, but this is, you know, like more the like. It's closer uh, to indentured servitude. Yeah, this is the gladiator style of slavery. But if. Where they're. 
but they if can they said, buy freedom, they can. You yeah, know, but she so can't. It's not job, so she can't so. just say we quit. We're moving to another right, right. planet. He'll say no, no, no. And they are slavery. legally his property. Right. It's not what they call chattel slavery. Right. So there is a, there is a difference between apparently the American version and most other most of the rest of the world's version of slavery. Anyway, just, that, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, totally. That's true. You're right. I just want to point out that there is a emotionally complex scene with a slave master. In a Star Wars, yeah, I think that's, oh, yeah. that's an amazing point. Is that well? I, I mean, think, Rain does that at the end of fucking Jedi. So, you know, all the little kids that are Force sensey and they're. You but know. that's the problem: is those prequels are insanely rangy. You know, they do such complex. Like Anakin Again. commits genocide, murders women and yeah, children, totally. and then like, and and then uh, Natalie Portman's like, "Oh, it'll be okay." But like, it's presented as a moment fuck? of darkness. Yeah, and she's. Foolish. <laughs> but it's just shocking the way they, pre- like they present years old. insanely horrific acts. And uh-huh. then five seconds later, Dude, it's okay. How, well, I mean, how many people or how many women send fucking Manson love letters and proposals? Are you saying like, uh, Ad- Padme Amidala is obsessed with Charles Manson? I'm just saying that, like, you know, uh, being a mass murderer and a psychopath does not preclude you from getting laid. Well, you think that a, was, a, a noble I, senator would not uh, continue, would give a little better advice to a genocidal maniac? My, my, or she wouldn't hook up with him. My take on that is I mean, that it's you know, all the heart wants what the heart wants. Uh, those movies are all about moral relativism. Oh, yeah. And about how, you know, the Jedi ultimately are wrong. And they're, they see themselves as these, you know, unimpeachable. Yeah. That's a fascinating angle. And if that's, only that's he really... what the thir- this third trilogy should have been exploring. And that's what the balance of the force should have been. Well, but I've told you my theory about this, right? And I'm not the first person to come up with this. All right. So I'll, I'll make it quick for you. So chosen one theory, right? So Anakin's the chosen one. So mm. I remember when Friends of the Sith came out. The general consensus seemed to be that, oh, um, he wasn't the chosen one. The prophecy was wrong, or he failed, or he didn't live up to his fate, whatever it was. Something went wrong, right? This is what me and my friends thought at the end of Revenge of the Sith. was like, he was supposed to be the chosen one, bring balance to the force, but he made the decision not to. He rejected his fate. Mm -hmm. He fell, right? But he eventually did. But here's here's how I think of it. So at that point, the... Jedi are ascendant. Okay. It's been, they think they say it's been like 2000 years since they've seen a Sith. So there's nothing but Jedi in the galaxy. So the end of revenge of the Sith order 66 wipes out all the Jedi, except for Obi-Wan and Yoda. So there's two Jedi left. And then there's however many Sith, at least two of them. Right. So the Jedi essentially are at zero or close to zero. Then in the OT, Obi-Wan dies, Yoda dies. It's just Luke. And, into the movie, it's Luke, who's not really a Jedi, to be honest. He's somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. There's Palpatine and there's Darth Vader. And Leia, to be honest. And then not the, first the one, end really. of the movie, Darth Vader picks him up, heaves him into the nuclear reactor, which he somehow survives. <laughs> but <laughs> well, as far well, as... Oh, okay, I wasn't 100%. Okay, wait, as far as we know in the movie, no, he, he, he kills him. So, no. hold on, let me finish. Clones. So, at the end of that, again, you're back to balance. You're back to zero. So... Through this one person, all the Jedi and all the Sith were eradicated. Good didn't win. Bad didn't win. It's just balance. But then Luke's still there. But Luke is the first Jedi, at least in these movies, to acknowledge his own dark side, his own feelings, without giving into them. So Luke is sort of this hybrid thing where he's a Jedi technically, but he's someone who doesn't 
push away those feelings because in the prequels are like you can't love anyone you can't have feelings you have to be a total detached freako cop right and luke is basically like no i the thing that saves him is his love for his father and his love for his friends which is explicitly against Jedi teachings. You're not supposed to have any of those attachments. But ultimately, he throws away his lightsaber. He does, and that—that that is probably. Are you talking about the rain? No, no, he's talking about Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. That is probably the most radical moment of pacifism I've ever seen in American blockbuster. That was fascinating to me as a kid. I went on talking. That about blew this for my a mind. It blew my mind too. I was like, wait, I don't quite understand it. That was how crazy it was. I was like, so the emperor wants him to strike him down in anger. I'm like, wait, I don't quite get that. So he like he so the emperor wins if he dies. Like I, I never could compute. The emperor it. wins either way. Right. And Luke figures out the only way you win this is by not playing the game. Right. So he defies him. He refuses to strike him down. Fascinating. To me. Right. Thank you, Professor Falcon. Falcon? Yeah. What's Professor War Games? The only oh, way to win gotcha. is not to play the game. But then how did you feel about when they revisited that complete, th- th- that idea at the end of Rise of Skywalker? Oh. It was weird. It, idiotic. Was no, it wasn't the same. So she's like, strike me down. She's like, oh no, if I do that, then you'll win and all the Sith ghosts will come into me. Um, but then two minutes later, she shoots lightning back at him and kills him. What's the difference? I don't know. I guess the uh, lightning is rebounded. It's, so it's his his lightning. Thing. But she's still pushing it towards him. It's like it's like a stupid it's a, Harry yeah. Potter thing. What I'm it's saying like, is it's like we're, we're going to get you on Samantha. I know. Yeah. It's an act of, it's still an act of, you can say yeah. it's an act of defense, but it's a physical act of violence. She could, she's which is choosing to direct it Return of the Jedi, right. yeah. it's, it is pacifism. It is true defiance. He says, I will not fight you, right. period. Yeah. And if you kill me, then you kill me. But I will not kill you no matter what. And this one's like, well... Here's a solution. She gets two swords. Yep. Yeah. And it's just a philosophical uh, defeat. Yeah. They well, just give up. It, there's nothing. I don't think the philosophy was. I don't think even, there is a philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. It was all just, you know, plug in the numbers and it's all finish just the puzzle, not the. Action figures on your exact, table. Yeah. Yeah. But how are we going to fit these like, pieces together in retrospect and uh, retcon everything to make it make sense? Especially with the prequels. The end of Return of the Jedi is basically a rejection of both Jedi and Sith. And they say that, you know, again, this idea of balance, that a a person is light and dark, good and bad, and it's foolish to think that you're one or the other. It's foolish to push away emotions. It's foolish to be beholden to emotions. Mm -hmm. And Luke is the first one to synthesize those two things, and it moves beyond them. Because otherwise, it's just cowboys and Indians over and over and over and over. And then Rise of Skywalker... Totally walks that all back and goes, no, it's good guys and bad guys and the good guys win. Yeah. And the, the good guys use violence and they win because they're good. Right. And because so that's the crime right. story and that's the... Yeah. Well, that's fascism. Yeah. That's that the good guys can win by overwhelming force. Just remember to text before calling. Be sure to check out all the shows there at the Fallcast Network. We got Going Down on South Park, Power Tinkering, Text Before Calling, which you just heard. Uh, what else do we got? Oh, the uh, newest show, Celluloid Breakdown. And uh, you can check, oh, literally literary as well. People seem to still listen to that. So, you know, check it out. Um, but yeah, you can donate to the uh, Patreon. Go on over to patreon.com slash Fallcast uh, or pick up a mug or a shirt or some sort of paraphernalia with our uh, 
logos in bass in bot and bot and barrett and no just kind of on there i think silk screen you know, no fancy words uh but yeah uh that's at uh forecast.com slash shop so you know all the fancy stuffs and the the overpricedness goes to help uh fund the shenaniganery here at the forecast studios so uh yeah until next time uh yeah yeah <laughs>